This is Dan McCarthy, and you're listening to the Check-In Podcast. So one of the best things I watched recently was this movie called Soul on Disney+. Plus. I promise I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, and I'm not going to recap for all the people who have seen it. But for those of you who haven't watched it yet, the whole thesis of this movie boils down to a question of what's most important in life. The movie's director, in a quote I pulled from an Entertainment Weekly article, described the film as an exploration of where should your focus be? What are the things that at the end of the day are really going to be the most important things that you look back on and go, I spent a worthy amount of my limited time on earth worrying or focused on that? I wanted to bring that up because aside from an excuse to mention a pretty entertaining movie, that is one of the major themes of this episode, taking stock of life and business and putting everything in perspective. It's very clearly a task that is tougher to do than it sounds, and it is something that, in all honesty, I very rarely do, but it's an exercise that's become more important for so many over the past 12 months. I was lucky enough a couple of weeks ago to reconnect with Scott Kep, one of the first people who I met when I started covering the travel industry. Scott is currently working as Vice President of Strategic Development at Cruise Planners, but when I met him, he was the Senior Vice President of Sales at Avoya, a role he held until moving to Cruise Planners in February 2018. I'll let Scott tell his story in his own voice. Uh, one, I'm sure so many of you who have met Scott before will recognize. But his 2020 was certainly more eventful than mine was. He definitely had more to deal with than your average person managing their way through a once in a lifetime pandemic. And I think his perspective on things is powerful to hear as we move further into 2021. We, we talk about all that highlighted the last year for him. We also go back to talk about how a three month backpacking tour through Europe in his early 20s would land him in the travel industry and where he is in life today, including a short, short sojourn that he took in Hollywood. I really enjoyed the conversation and I wanna thank you all for joining me today to listen to it as well. So let's check in with Scott. Mr. Daniel. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Nice to see you. You too. How you doing, buddy? Good. You look very tan. Well, I think I, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just cold here in my um, my. Yeah, I'll just rub my face here a little bit. <laughs> so you're are you you're in uh, you're in Southern California, right? Is that right? Indeed, indeed, okay. indeed. Yeah. How are things out there? Good, good, good. Uh, the, we actually moved to a place called. Um, I'm going to change my background here a little bit, so I'm not too commercial here. Or, um, so this is all this is audio only anyway so oh it is oh i didn't realize that oh okay well, then uh, i'll do it just for your benefit there yeah, you go. i appreciate it <laughs> um yeah no we moved to a place called temecula i don't know if you're familiar with it but it's kind of the the wine district of southern california down near san diego yeah i don't think uh, san diego is probably not the, or i guess around san diego is probably not the worst place to be uh, from oh, what I'm, i've heard i'm not complaining i will tell you <laughs> Flat out, we're not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I know it's been a while since I think I, I've seen you. I, I mean, I, I think the last time I saw you was, it, it had to be 2019 at, at one of the conventions. 
You one would think, yeah, I think that was the uh, the last year of, of semi normalcy when we were all out on the road, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think so. I, I I remember the cruise planners polo. I think that's that was that was your uniform in, on that day. <laughs> well, you know, always still branded yeah. one way or another. Well, I wanted to I wanted to sort of take time to check in with you. Um, I know, I mean, twenty the last twelve months have been weird for everyone, but I know I know you had a particularly eventful. I guess the word would be twenty twenty twenty, and and I was I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about your experience the last twelve months. Oh, absolutely. Well, it um, you know I think everybody's got a story now, right? To to go along with this uh, amazing experience we've gone through, you know, from yeah. the from a business perspective or a, uh, uh, an industry perspective, obviously we all have a very strong shared pain, right? That um, I think, you know, it's kind of like any kind of situation of, of adversity that that a couple of things come from that. One is I think you see, you find the, the true character of people. Um, and then the second is that you find the ability and the need to connect with others that are going through the same thing um, and we've got, you know, one major support group that the only thing we can't do is sit in a circle and hold hands. But, uh, you know, we we have all had to come together. And uh, what has been, you know, extraordinary in, in so many different ways. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, I've been amazingly impressed with the retail uh, segment in particular. Um, because again, it's uh, it's primarily made up of small businesses, and it's yeah. small businesses and whose cash flow probably more than any other entity has been uh, dramatically affected, and yet uh, continue to plug forward and and have a positive attitude and and looking towards the future. And uh, again, having been in this career now for in this industry for almost forty years, which is frightening in its own <laughs> in its own way. <laughs> uh, that uh, you, you think you've seen it all, right? You think, oh, well, you know, this is, and at first, when this first happened, and of course, all of us were thinking, well, this is a little glitch. It's, you know, maybe a month. And we were shocked that ships would stop sailing for a month. And, and, you, and you think, well, okay, so let's compare that too. And then you'd, you'd find your comparative, right? You'd say, oh, well, that was kind of like, all right, that was kind of like, you know, 2008 recession, right? We had a little slowdown. Or then, you know, as it got a little worse, we go, well, yeah, that was kind of like 9-11, you know, where things that, but the, the truth is, we've never gone through, through anything like this. This is this is a whole different um, world that we're in. So you, you, while certainly there were lessons to be learned that we could lean on, on previous uh, difficulties and tough times, uh, you know, the only thing really we can lean on and count on is each other. And, uh, and that has been, you know, uh, I think what has carried us through and is really going to make us even stronger, of course, um, being somewhat cliche as we move forward, but I, I do believe that. And uh, to your point, I, uh, you know, I decided that that challenge wasn't near enough. So uh, yeah, decided to, uh, to add actually three surgeries in, in one year, um, the, the primary one being a brain surgery right in the middle of it. And um, which, you know, was not expected. It was not something that I had planned on. And uh, you know, the, the the interesting thing when I look back on it is I remember having the conversation with uh, Michelle and Vicky, the two owners of Cruise Planners, and saying, you know, I'm, I'm unfortunately going to have to have this. And this literally, that conversation was about a week before, uh, you know, COVID hit sometime in early March. And I said, you know, I'm not, I don't have the date exactly, but 
it's uh, it's going to happen. And so I'm going to not be able to travel for a couple of months. And obviously, I do a lot of travel and yeah. what I do, you know, and, we're, and they were incredibly supportive. And they said, yeah, you know, we get it. No problem. You got to do what you got to do. And, you know, so then the thought was, all right, now I got to start playing around with schedules and, and, you know, who can cover for me here and who can cover for me there. Well, the good Lord, you know, decided, nah, you don't have to worry about that because ain't nobody going to be traveling <laughs> for an entire year. So I will say that, you know, maybe the timing ended up being a blessing in that, you know, I really, uh, I mean, I was back at work, uh, you know, a month or a week after uh, a week after having brain surgery. But yeah, that that is crazy. That is crazy that it was a week <laughs> between getting brain surgery and getting back to, to everyday things like that. That just seems yeah. so abnormal to me. Like it just seems it seems like a fantasy almost. Well, it was you know, it's, it's weird. I mean, obviously, I was in the hospital for, you know, about six days and and didn't get a lot done there, I will say, you know, it wasn't a lot of uh, work time there. And, and, but once I was home, you know, it, again, that's one of the benefits of being home now and that we're all home is uh, exactly that. I mean, I, I was able to, you know, obviously it wasn't a full eight hour day every day at the beginning, but it was, you know, able to get in and, and kind of dig into, uh, dig into work and, and kind of get back to somewhat um, normalcy as all of us have only gotten a certain level of it. But yeah, I'd added a whole other layer there. And again, I'm very, uh, very thankful, very blessed with um, not only, you know, friends and family who were extraordinarily supportive, but, um, you know, the industry too. And and, and knowing that there was a, a lot of people uh, thinking and praying for me and um, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I, you know, again, we've, we've, I've come through it. Uh, I'm, I'm still going to kick around this business for a while and nobody else would take me at this point. So. <laughs> Well, what is the, I mean, was there any recovery? Was it just, was your prescription sort of just rest and re, and uh, rest and leisure time? It, or was, did you have to do some more active recovery when you have that kind of surgery? Well, I wish I could tell you that, that, you know, what they told you is make sure you get fat over the next, you know, few months here. <laughs> that's, that, that's the one thing I've really done well with, but you know, it is really hard. I mean, I've spent most of my entire life, um, as an ex-athlete, you know, working out on a regular basis and that being, you know, a very uh, uh, normal part of my regime. And of course, with this, uh, uh, and, and as I mentioned, I had three surgeries. I actually had gallbladder surgery before that, had that removed. And so, you know, you had a, a month or two where they say, oh, well, you can't, you know, no exercise, basically, nothing, you know, heavy to recover from that. And then from the brain surgery, same kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, you're going to have to just take it easy in, in essence. There's no wasn't any specific scenario of what you could or couldn't do. Unfortunately, in, in both cases, you know, they, they pretty much said, yeah, there's no restriction whatsoever on eating. And, you know, <laughs> and one would, and one would think, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, that I've lost my taste and smell, which a lot of people thought, well, maybe you had COVID um, because that was obviously part of the COVID experience. But I, um, but no, it's a normal part of the brain surgery is that I, lost all of my uh, uh, sense of smell and taste and still haven't gotten it back. And, and that, you know, one would think, oh, what a great time then to lose weight. Well, I got to tell you that unfortunately, you know, taste and smell does not equate to hunger, but you still end up with hunger. And then this is the funny thing is, you know, I, I, then I've got to come up with a, a business analogy to use for this, but you, you eat things and I'll say things at dinner like, oh, this really tastes good. And my whole family will look at me and go, what are you talking about? You can't taste anything. And, and it's like muscle memory, you know, like when I eat an In-N-Out burger, I know what the taste of an In-N-Out burger is. And so it still somehow satisfies me 
the same way, even though when I step back and think about it, I can't taste it. So, you know, it's uh, unfortunately in that particular case, here's my business analogy, that particular case, it might be a, a bad, um, a bad thing that I have this muscle memory of remembering things. But I think that is kind of, you know, how we operate, right? We end up doing things out of habit. And, uh, and so there are good habits and there are bad habits. And our, I think part of our challenge in life is making sure we're focusing on the good habits, which from an eating perspective, I will say I haven't maybe done that good of a job with. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that is wild to me. Do you, so you still get cravings for the things, I guess, you ate pre-surgery just because you, you can almost imagine the taste in your head? Yes, isn't that funny to think? And again, you know, I, I, I would have, I, I wish I could have had the the opportunity to tell you that. Yeah. So therefore, I've only been eating, you know, cardboard and granola for the last, you know, three months, and I'm a physical specimen. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But you do, I, I you know, I, I won't say that it's necessarily that I get a specific craving for like In-N-Out Burger or or you know feta cheese or whatever it might be. Um, because again, it's it's more that I just get hungry, right? And then obviously the rest of the family is eating and we've got stuff in the cupboards and all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and really the only two tastes that kind of exist for me is a little bit of sweetness, bummer, and a little bit of salt, bummer. So, you know, those are the two things that probably they tell you not to do too much of, you know, the two that I'm living with. But hey, you know what? It's uh, overall, uh, again, it's a, it's a pretty small price to pay. I'm very blessed to have gone through this and, and, uh, and really been able to still be back and, and help, uh, help the, the industry and help the, our, our system in particular and, uh, and to, you know, grow and try to make some choices and decisions of how to, uh, how to survive this tough time we're all in. Yeah, exactly. I think, I mean, this year again has been so tough for everyone. And I find myself sometimes thinking about, not what went wrong, but sort of like reminiscing about life pre-COVID. And I, I still think I, I sort of kick myself for having those thoughts because I know I've been luckier than a lot of people have over the last year. Well, you know, it's interesting. And, and I, I'm, I'm blessed from the standpoint that I, I already worked from home, right? I, my, my company is based in Florida, but I work in California and live in California. And so I've, I was already set up, right? I mean, my, my whole world was set up in a virtual basis before the, the, you know, COVID situation hit us. So in that regard, I was, uh, you know, prepared for it maybe better than a lot of others, but you know, it's, it, it, when you of course now start looking at this and I certainly think we're, we're seeing a much bigger light at the end of the tunnel than, than we have in months and very optimistic about what's going to happen in the future. But as you go through this, you know, obviously, there are those days you you just get so frustrated and and it's the ups and downs of of uh, the news and everything else that we get of uh, what's going to happen but you also get to the point as uh, one of my favorite songs to sing is um you're counting uh, counting your blessings right you know um when i get worried and cannot sleep but you know that you, you really do go to a point of saying okay this has been rough but I think in some ways it's also made the, the maybe what we thought were the smaller blessings in our life become even more important, right? You, you, you hear this in all kinds of interviews around, you know, wow, I've reconnected with my family more. I've, I've taken more time to really think through my schedule and think through what I want out of life. And, um, and, and then the things that you miss, you know, that were kind of taken away from us. You think, wow, okay, a dinner in a restaurant without a mask on. Yeah. I just took for granted as something we do and never have any kind of, and now it's like the coolest thing in the world to be able to think about going into a restaurant and, and sitting down and eating, right? Who would have thought? I, uh, I think about, 
or it might a few months before COVID, and there was one night when my older sister had tickets to a Broadway show in New York, and I was and I just couldn't make it. I just I wasn't because I had anything particular planned, but it was just I was just very busy at the time. And now I think about that, and I just think about how outrageous that would be now if I had the opportunity to go to any kind of play in New York, regardless off Broadway on Broadway. I think I would jump at that in about three seconds. Yeah, you know, you just don't you don't want to miss things now, right? No, I mean, exactly. You don't know when things are going to go away, and uh, you know, based on your choice or not your choice, and uh, you know, so I think there, and I, and and of course that experience, Dan, you just shared, I think is a is a perfect indication of what's going to happen in the travel industry, right? Is that we all had trips planned, um, you know, obviously this, uh, this and us in the industry had a number, but all of our consumers had trips planned. Now there, there's the pain of the cancellation and the refunds and the rebookings and all that. But setting that aside for a second is that, that at the end of the day, people just missed things that they were planning on doing. They, and then they missed all of the, uh, the anticipation of those trips and they missed all, all that is still there. You know, there, there's still, extraordinary anticipation there are the desire to experience more out of life and all those things and and travel is so perfectly you know poised to deliver that and we none of us know the when and we don't know to the extent but i gotta tell you when it happens i think it's just going to be extraordinary what's going to happen yeah i think about all the weddings that either didn't happen, had to be postponed or happened on a small scale. And there's all those honeymoon trips, there's anniversary trips, there's, there's people, I mean, I can't imagine turning 21 during, during COVID after, you know, <laughs> dreaming about, uh, you know, celebrating that, that milestone for so many years and then having that kind of taken away from you. I do think it, it I mean, it feels even in New York, it feels like this summer is going to be a, a very big boom time. Yeah, I think, I, I think it's coming. And, and again, it's a matter of, uh, of knowing when, which we don't know, but it it will come. And you're right. I mean, I, and you know, there's no doubt. Again, no matter how deep we look, we can always find someone else that we think, oh, that would even be worse, right? I, I, because I'm like you. I think, man, senior in high school, senior in college, yeah, those are just times. I'm, I, I, my hat is off to those those people. And in some ways, they didn't know what they missed. I mean, you know, if you've never been a senior in high school, you don't know what you missed. I mean, you, you watched it a little bit ahead of you, yeah. but. Um, you know, the, those those folks that had to go through this in this year, uh, you know, I, I just have a very different experience that they that will, again, I think I'll go back to my earlier statement. It'll probably bond them and probably, you know, through that adversity, create a very unique, uh, you know, set of, of results from the from the adversity they go through. But um, yeah, those are those those would be a difficult time to go through this. Yeah. Again, it, I think I think I think I have to do a better job of myself putting things in perspective more 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 uh, constantly than I have before. I think I think that's important for mental health, and hopefully it's a scale. Hopefully, I know we we talk about how bad COVID was, but I think there are some things that are going to hold over from COVID that are going to improve people's lives, and I hope for me personally, I hope that's one of them. Well, I I do too. I think I I, I once again I think maybe one of the uh, blessings of this whole scenario we're living through is again that moment to step back and count them and then to make plans on how to make sure that you don't miss them in the future right i i uh, for many many years i i taught a program um actually it, it finally is now going virtual and and i don't think that was necessarily a uh, uh, specifically a COVID choice is just uh, the, the world that we live in, but I've uh, had the opportunity and, uh, and the blessing to uh, 
teach every single master cruise counselor in Australia and New Zealand over the last 21 years. And each year they would do a, a master's program out at sea. And, uh, and I had the, uh, the opportunity to teach that every year for 21 years. So it's kind of cool that all these uh, Australian New Zealanders who really wanted to uh, learn how to sell cruises, et cetera, um, you know, were, were on this program. And I put the program together and it was actually 18 hours of training that I would do, which was a lot of Scott. And that's, uh, that, <laughs> I had a lot of good content because, you know, that's a lot to put up with. But the, the interesting thing is of all of the, the sessions, so of course, you know, I broke it down into everything that, that makes our business tick, right? So uh, we talk about product knowledge, we talk about marketing, we talk about sales, we talk about customer service. But the two last sessions that I, that I would do um, were completely non-related really in, in some ways to our business. The first is time management, which I would make the argument that, you know, again, no matter how much you know about any of those other subjects I just mentioned, and you know the the path to success in many ways is still going to come down to how well do you manage your time and and so yeah i'd talk about different suggestions and ideas about the the way to maximize your efficiency on a daily basis because that is probably the one common thread i could say of success not only in our business but in just about every business is it's not as sexy as some of the other things like you know if you learn to sell really well and you become a marketing guru those things sound really you know fun and and are great but but the reality is it's just you know how good are you at managing your time and so talk about that but the last one i would do is a program that that, that i uh that i wrote up a, a number of years ago and it was and it was called the five the five f's and the uh the uh foundation for um success and the, the five F's are basically fitness, finance, family and friends, faith, and fundamentals. And, and you, you, the concept was, uh, and I love this quote, I always, uh, I always use this quote that, that Henry Ford was famous for saying, unfortunately, I'm sure he might not be happy he's remembered for this now, but it's, he always said, you know, why is it that I, that I get, um, when all I really want is a pair of hands, I get the whole person. And my point being that that you know we we aren't just travel advisors. We aren't just the role that we're in. We bring our personal lives. We bring we bring who we are. We bring um, our happiness and our satisfaction in life to the to the equation. So no, no matter how good you are at any particular skill set, again, if your if your life is falling apart, you're probably not going to do that well in business, or certainly not be happy with the success that you get in your business. So the what I talk about is is you know sit down. Um, there was another quote by uh, um, uh, uh, Mary Kay, uh, the founder of Mary Kay, who said, you know, it's funny, we spend more time planning our vacation than we do planning our lives, and uh, the, which is certainly apropos for our business. And you think about that, most people do. They spend hours thinking about where they want to go, what they want to do. And, and yet you say, well, what are you going to do for the next couple of years of your life? I don't know. You know, well, who knows? I haven't spent a minute thinking about that. So the concept was you take these five Fs because everything you do and every moment that you spend falls into one of those categories and you just write down, just start writing down. What do you want to do? What do you want to accomplish? And then figuring out how you can try to make that work um, and, you know, reach the goals that you have for any of those five. So it, it, it ended up being kind of the highest rated part of the whole class. Um, you know, even though it really was not what they signed up for per se. So kind of a, a, an interesting thing. Yeah. I think that, I think that is a good point. I think, I think part of that is that people, it, it just seems like too big of a question sometimes. I mean, you get like, that's when I remember 
when you would sort of, when I would get tutorials of how to interview when you're going to job interviews, you would have to prepare for that question. Where do you want to be in five years? And all those answers to me, just, it seemed like I had to manufacture an answer. Like I had to have something ready. I couldn't just answer because like in a moment, it would seem like too big of a question to have sought out. Like, where do I want to be in five years? Mm -hmm. But I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess other people have different, to have different takes on that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, again, obviously none of us have that kind of crystal ball. And, yeah. you know, of course, if anybody asked us that question five years ago, you know, yeah. we would have a hundred percent lose factor, right? I mean, everybody would not have put down, well, you know, in the middle of a pandemic five years from now, <laughs> it just, you know, wouldn't have happened. So, I, you know, for me, it's not a matter of, of really just the five-year plan or the 10-year plan. I, I, certainly that can be powerful and, and people do that. It really is just looking at even tomorrow, right? It's not, it's not, oh, I got to think this far in advance. It's really just, we all have those five elements of life, right? And, uh, and you know, the probably one of the big biggest misnomers that's out there, I think, is the, the term balance, right? And, and oh, you got to balance your life between this and that, or this and that, or, you know, any of those five. It's never a balance. I mean, it's, you know, we think of the, the scale, right? And that, oh, I want to, I want to do this exactly. You know, it's not, it's never going to be that way because you put more time into, I lumped kind of the career side into the finance side, just because I love alliterations. I want to use the letter F, you know, but the, but the, the amount of time you spend working is going to be more than the time you spend pursuing your faith or, or, uh, you know, doing, uh, uh, doing fitness, right? If, if you, unless you're a full-time professional, you're probably not working out eight hours a day, right? And so, you, it's not a balance, but it's it's really just getting those pieces to the extent that you want them and the importance of them to you. And there's no right or wrong answer, which is the the beautiful part too, right? Is that each person is going to say, "Wow, the most important one of those for me is this." And you know, I'm not, you can't argue with them. That's that's their life. And but then once they say that, then they can start designing kind of how they want to live to to live that out. And so, again, I've, I've, I've found that that's and, and actually, you know, my family, we have a, every year we at New Year's, we sit down and go over the five F with everybody in my family and everybody shares, you know, well, this is where I'm struggling a little bit. I need a little spend a little time here or there. And and, you know, it just it does give you that that reflection. And I think we are in that time of reflection now of uh that you know this is this is maybe forced that issue yeah yeah definitely uh it seems like a mandatory thing now being able to think about where you are and and i guess what's important to you too because we've lost so much over the last year again it goes back to perspective i think is is being thankful like i'm very thankful my family we weren't impacted by COVID on a personal level. Um, I, I mean, and at this point, my parents are fully vaccinated, so I have no fears going to see them every uh -huh. once in a while, you know, so it, I do feel uh, I do feel very thankful. Um, but one thing I want to ask you about, because you mentioned it a couple of times, you mentioned yeah. athletics and you mentioned fitness. And I'm curious, I mean, I guess pre 2020, I mean, what was or I guess, what was what was your sort of fitness of choice or your fitness routine? And why was that important to you? Well, I'm I'm an old uh, old you know football player, and then you know went through uh, some other uh, sports over the years, and and I it, uh, you know it's funny you go through various things. I mean, I did weightlifting and running for years and years and years, and um, and a number of years ago, um, one of my best friends, uh, actually, that I went to kindergarten with that I still ski with every year, is uh, is about twice my size. The guy's just this monster of a human being. Wait, right? you're you're pretty tall on your own though. How tall are you? Yeah, I'm six three and you know pushing two hundred and eighty five pounds. So I'm you know I'm a big boy. And, and, and what position did you when you play? You play football. What position did you play? 
I, I was center and uh, oh. and defensive guard, yeah, at the, at the time. And <laughs> um, but you know, I will tell you. And also, I you know, and when I played college ball, I only played one year of college ball because in high school I was the big kid. You know, when you get into college, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're all you know twice my size, four times faster, smarter, everything. You know, so I. I wasn't like Rudy in the movie. I, I got the crap beat out of me and I was ready to say, I'm done. I'm no, I'm not. I'm, so only one year of that and I moved on. But this buddy of mine who was just this, this huge, huge guy told me, oh, I've totally gotten into hot yoga. Well, I got to tell you, I laughed out loud. At, and this was probably six, seven years ago. And I, you know, I started making fun of him and picturing him with his, you know, his toes in his ears. And I, it's just like, okay. And after about a couple of years, I'm watching him and he's like talking, I'm telling this guy, I totally got into it. So I jumped in, uh, you know, and, and really did yoga on a regular basis. And, and I will tell you, that's been a kind of a, a difficult aspect because I got into a really good habit. And while I know, uh, again, in my head anyway, I can say, oh, yeah, yoga is great because you could just put on a video and do it in your own home. You can, but it's a different level of discipline than when you know you can go to an appointment and have somebody tell you what to do for an hour. And I, that works for me. And that having that shut down has been really hard for this this whole year. Uh, that that probably was from a physical. You know, the, you asked about the fitness side. You know, from a from a fitness side, that's probably been the most frustrating part. Is because that that was what I've ended up with in the last few years as my workout, as my, you know, way to stay in shape. And so that unfortunately not been available. So I'm looking forward to that coming back. Yeah. I, I got dragged to one hot yoga class in my life and it was just, it was too humbling for me. Like, cause, cause I, I like to lift weights too. And I, you know, you like, that's sort of an ego booster, you know, it, it helps your fitness, but it's certainly something that helps your ego as well. And <laughs> Going to the hot yoga class, I, I couldn't. I could see older, elderly women around me just not having a difficult time, and me just. I remember the instructor told me she's like, "If you need to take a break, you can take a break." And I don't think I haven't had the gall to go back to another hot yoga class since. That's you know that's a really good point. I think there is as much of a of a mental difficulty getting through it because there's no doubt I'm. You know, in almost every class that I go to, first of all, I'm one of the only men in the class. Yeah. I'm definitely, if not the oldest, I'm one of the oldest, and I'm always the biggest. So, you know, it's it's like I've got these three strikes to get into the minute I walk in. And I also, and this might be a little TMI, but I'm a big sweater. I mean, I, I sweat you know, even if it's 42 degrees outside. So you put me into a hot yoga room. You know, people are putting up dams around me and, you know, and the, 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 the river starts to flow. And, but, you know, and I got to tell you, it, it, you are 100 percent right. It is it is incredibly humbling. You go there. But the beauty of, of yoga and why I like it is, you know, that while the person next to you is twirl, is twirling around on their toe and, you know, sticking their knee in their in their ears that, you know, and, and doing it with ease while you're trying to just reach over and, you know, touch your knee that. It, no one cares, right? It's, a, it's like everybody's on their own and doing their own thing. So, um, you know, it, it, but you're right. It's a humbling experience, but it, it really, uh, it certainly works for me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so going off what you said before about your plan, and I wanted to ask you this because I was talking to Jennifer Wilson the other day, and we, we spoke about her career, and she had a direct line to the travel industry with, with Valerie. Um, and she, she's sort of taken that and run and, and she's, she's sort of this force in the industry now, yeah. but your, your 
your line to the travel industry wasn't as direct at all. Um, and you mentioned, I guess you were playing football at, was it at University of Nevada, Nevada Reno, right? It was, yeah, that's where I, uh, that's where I came from. Yeah, uh, and Jennifer's fabulous, and and um, you know, again, you're you're right. In, in many ways, probably our line couldn't be more opposite because, yeah. you know, I um, I grew up in kind of you know your standard, uh, I'll say you know suburban of the '60s and '70s, and the longest and biggest trips we ever took were in the back of a station wagon. You know, pile the kids in there, you roll around, you scream at each other, and and you know, you go a couple days in a car, and and that was really it. I mean, I, I think I'd gone to three states by the time that I graduated college, right? And and I think I stepped foot one day in Canada when I went to Victoria on a ferry and but that's it you know we and there wasn't any burning desire for me to do more it was just what we did and it was most kids that I grew up with you know that a kid who went even to another state was considered like oh wow you know and uh, and and of course Europe was just not even thought of so it was just not a, a something that I thought about and that went all the way through college and then uh, it was after college that actually I had a couple of my buddies who graduated a little later than I did started calling me saying, hey, we're going to do the backpack through Europe thing. And and I really didn't even have a clue, you know, what that was or any burning desire. But they kept saying, you know, if you don't do it now, you don't do it now. And and I kept saying, no, I had a real estate. I'd gotten into real estate at that point and I was actually doing pretty well. And, and business was just starting to take off. You know, it's a momentum business, like uh, somewhat like sales business of travel. And I ended up taking a, uh, a three-month leave of absence. They finally convinced me, and I thought, all right, I'm going to take a three-month leave of absence from my real estate business and, uh, and do this you know, travel thing with a couple of buddies. Well, I ended up coming home three and a half years later, Daniel. So it, Oh, my uh, God. Wait, my, how, did you spend th how did you spend three and a half years when all you brought was a backpack to Europe? Yeah, well, and then for those three and a half years, I didn't live out of much more than a backpack, quite honestly. But um, it was a, a very long story, but I'll, I'll give you the, the short summary is that we ended up, you know, probably spending about five, five, six months in Europe, kind of, you know, uh, just doing the, the typical backpack through Europe and started looking for work. Well, through, again, another fairly long story, but, but kind of a fun one. I ended up landing as a, uh, a geo for Club Med. We ended up, uh, myself and one of my buddies ended up getting hired right in the Paris office as two uh, arrogant Americans walking in and saying, hey, you got any jobs? And uh, didn't even know what Club Med was, quite honestly. Had no idea you know, what Club Med was compared to any other hotel or anything else. And uh, they hired us and I was sent to, uh, the, the first club I went to was Dominican Republic, Punta Cana. And, uh, and of course, the, the fascinating thing there is that was when it was the only resort in all of Punta Cana. So if you can imagine that, there was one resort and it was Club Med. And now Punta Cana, of course, is like, you know, Las Vegas, there's a million of them, but um, was there for a little while and uh, actually was a bartender. And then, uh, but they, the Club Med philosophy is to use, uh, use their people in entertainment. And my background, actually, one of my degrees is in opera performance. And so I became known as a singing bartender. And once, uh, once I became known as a singing bartender, they didn't decide they wanted to put me in entertainment. So they sent me to Spain for a training program that was frankly, was all in French. And so I didn't have a clue what I was listening to or, or doing, but I, I went through that. And then, uh, and then I said, gosh, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to use me as entertainment director at one of your clubs, you got to send me to an English speaking club. So I'm looking through and thinking, okay, good. So that's Caribbean, you know, Tahiti, Mexico, those would be the three, you know, so I'm looking and waiting phone call comes. Yep. Okay. You're hired. You're set. You're going to be entertainment director. And you're going to be going to Mauritius Island. 
and I had no idea where Mauritius Island was. I, so I remember, and again, this is pre-internet days, so I had to go to the Atlas, and I started looking in the Caribbean. I didn't even go to the index. I went to the Caribbean, started looking for Mauritius, and I'm like, this is, I no clue. Finally, I'd go to the index, you know, find it on the east coast of Africa. Literally, you know, you could drill a hole from California, it'd be the other side of the world. And uh, and went there as entertainment director there, and it was, it's still one of my favorite places on earth. Um, was there for about seven months, then went to South Africa um, and was just going to tour, but then ended up getting a job as a PE teacher. I was a teacher in Africa for a little over a year and had an amazing experience living there. And then uh, and then came back and decided to try to become a movie star and moved to Los Angeles. And obviously that didn't work so well because now I've been in travel for 40 years. So. <laughs> So yeah, I, I've heard the Club Med story, Scott, but I've never heard that. You, I, I don't think you've ever told me, at least, that you tried to you tried to get into showbiz in Hollywood. Yes, that's uh, the 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 career definitely stalled in that regard. But the best news is that I found my bride, and uh, my bride was also pursuing theater, and um, we met in a performing group down in Southern California, and then. Um, uh, actually, right after we got married, ended up buying one of the first franchises in travel of a cruise-only travel agency, and never been on a cruise. Uh, literally took a honeymoon three on a cruise two weeks before we opened our office <laughs> to sell nothing but cruises as a couple of you know twenty-five-year-old kids, and uh, it was uh, it was really what got me started in the business at that many. And because I had a love of travel, and the only reason I chose cruise is because I thought the business opportunity was really good and so we uh, we fell into the cruise business and been uh, been in the cruise and travel side ever since i mean do you I, again when you spoke about reflection earlier in the conversation and i i think i had this conversation with jennifer too but i mean do you ever think back and like your path is just such a unique path that so many things had to turn the correct way or you had to take the right left or the right or the right intersection here and there and you ended up in in the place you are now and i'm, I'm wondering do you ever think about that do you ever think about i wouldn't i don't want to say the breaks because i think i think successful people a lot of times it's not really breaks it's a due to hard work but do you ever think about the circumstances that led to you sort of sitting here and talking to me right now oh absolutely you know again it's it's funny to think that that first of all i've been in the in the industry and in the business now for again almost 40 years which um, well, certainly I've had a lot of different roles and worked for different companies and own my own businesses and, you know, different scenarios. Um, I, you know, and of course, as we all kind of know, once you get in travel, it's really hard to get out. And, and, and the bug did bite me, obviously, from my European trip on, you know, uh, travel was still uh, was was definitely in my blood and, and always will be and always has been. But, you know, it is it is interesting when you think back about that. I think, you know, we can all look back and say there were certain decisions that we made in our lives that completely changed the trajectory of our lives, right? And, and you know, when you, when you talk to most people and say, what were those biggest moments in your life? Most people will say things, um, which is certainly true for me too, is it's usually marriage, right? Uh, you know, uh, the, the marriage and then, and then kids, right? Of, of the moment that you have your kids. And those were incredibly important to me. Um, and, and certainly there is a choice element in, involved with both of those, but there's also decisions that you make along the way that you look back and you say, wow, you know, if I didn't make that decision, what would life have looked like? And, uh, and sometimes they're small, sometimes they're bigs. And in most cases, though, I think they were decisions that you didn't think were that life changing at the time, right? I mean, it's like, 
again, when I decided to go with these buddies of mine, it was a three month thing. The hardest thing was like, oh, you know, I got some business things I got to deal with, but okay, three months, you know. And of course, when you're, when you're, you know, 22 years old or 21 years old, three months is huge. Like, oh my God, three months. Wow. What am I going to do? You know, now it's like, yeah, I can, you know, three months is no big deal. But it, those, uh, so I will say that, you know, sometimes the decisions that change your life and make your life is that you, what you think back and you think, oh, thank goodness. I didn't know then what I know now, because I may not have made that choice that led me down the path that I'm, that I'm on now. Right. And, and because I just, I didn't know, I didn't know any better. And, and, you know, I think about again, owning my the cruise only business, I think back and I think, what was I thinking? I mean, I bought a business. I never owned a business, you know, basically never been on a cruise. I didn't know squat about any of this. And yet just yeehaw, jumped right in, right? So there is a, I think we all get a little bit more cautious as time goes on. So sometimes those early decisions when you don't have the fear factor are the ones that really will guide your life. And, and uh, yeah, so I, there was definitely a few of those. I'm like, wow, okay, that was a, that was a pretty major turning point in life. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm far enough. Like, I think I have, I have, hopefully I have more years to go before I start doing that same kind of reflection on my own life. But I mean, I think about that all the time too, because I, I do think it's, it is, it is the small decisions that can change things very, very quickly. And uh, I, I, again, I, uh, I think 2020 for me is it was spent making sure I don't take things for granted. And I think that's one of the things I need to keep in my mind too. Yeah, I think, it, you, you know, you're right. I mean, um, you know, obviously with age, you have more things to reflect upon, I guess I, uh, I'll say, but the, you know, you do look back and it, and it becomes more obvious in terms of what the real turning points were. And, but I think, again, you get that perspective also to really focus on what's important. And, uh, you know, again, luckily, I was always always to keep, you know, my my faith and my family really strong and, and never falter. And, uh, you know, that's that's led to a lot of blessings in my life. And, uh, you know, certainly a lot of, you know, adversities uh, uh, became blessings when they were all said and done because of that. Right. Of, of those uh, those parts of, uh, you know, what I decided early on to, to focus on. So. Um, you know, I, I, I'm blessed with an amazing bride and uh, the, that uh, now we entertain our grandkids, but that's about as far as our entertainment, you know, skill <laughs> <Hill> goes. <laughs> well, I don't want to take up a, a lot more of your time. I know it's it's three hours uh, before me where you no. are. Um, but I mean, I'm curious, I mean, where from where you're sitting now, what are your what are your plans the next few months? What are your expectations? Is there anything you're particularly looking forward to? Anything on the docket that you're looking forward to or anything you're anxious to sort of put in the calendar and, and get ready to do something? Yeah, as we transition here from talking about the past to the future, to right? The future, yeah. And this, you know, I think, again, the, the, there's no doubt that all of us at some point are going to look back and go, you know, what what happened different pre and post the COVID year, right? I mean, it's it. I think that will be a reflection moment that everybody uh, that's that's experienced this year is going to have, no matter their age. Um, and you know, for me, obviously, uh, the, the probably the most obvious one, both being in our business, but also just because of of uh, the, the lifestyle that I've had my whole life, is is getting back in the road. You know, I who who would have thought that I would have said I can't wait to get to an airport. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a uh, and not that I, I never really minded airports, you know, I'm, uh, and I just kind of, I've been doing it so long and traveling so much of my life that it's just part of what it is, but it's, it, it's funny how that has become something that I'm really looking forward to. So I have a lot of travel that is now booked between, um, you know, kind of late April for the rest of the year, because 
basically got about a year and a half worth of events and travel and things that were mushing into the, the back half of this year. So, um, so for me, you know, I'm certainly looking forward to that. And, and it's not obviously just the travel, the, the part of that, I'd say the vast majority of all that travel is connecting with travel advisors. Um, you know, obviously uh, I'm with cruise planners and, and my world is really around, you know, helping those advisors and, and, you know, I've, I've told a lot of people, the amazing thing is, is given that a big chunk of our business, uh, our industry is not even, you know, sailing right now. You, I mean, we certainly have, you know, all inclusives and land and all that, but the cruise side uh, isn't even out there. And yet I, I think, you know, in some ways we've been busier than ever over the last year of, of projects. And a lot of the projects and things that we're doing are obviously designed so that when travel comes back, we're going to be well positioned. So for me, what excites me, and I've, I've been doing this for the last, you know, 25, 30 years of my career is teaching and helping travel advisors and, and trying to help them position themselves how to be more successful uh, as the future comes. And I, I certainly don't have a crystal ball of saying this is exactly what the future is going to look like, but I think it has allowed for, uh, just like we're talking about, the reflection of what is a travel advisor and then how how is that advisor moving forward going to be successful in the future? And you know, I think a lot of people have said, and I certainly agree that, okay, you know, the, the value of a travel advisor is now more accepted and is going to become even more important and more uh, valuable to the consumer moving forward. I think that uh, almost I'd say that, okay, so that's a given. Now let's say that, but the reality is you still have a lot of competition. <laughs> yeah. um, we can all say that, but that doesn't mean all the direct teams of all the suppliers are going to go away tomorrow. No, actually, they're going to be as, you know, as, as strong as ever. They're going to be there. You've got all your other competitors that are out there that believe the same thing, right? So you've got a lot of uh, people who are ready to pounce on the opportunity. So the question now is, you know, why should a consumer use you? And I've been asking that same question for uh, really 25 years and, and then some is consumers going to ask that whether they ask it out loud or not, why should they do business with you? And so uh, again, what, what excites me and I, I love to do is to help agents find the answer to that question and how to position themselves moving forward. Well, Scott, I really can't thank you enough, not for just this conversation today, but uh, it's always been a real pleasure talking to you. And you were used to be on our board. I used to look forward to those meetings with you. I still look forward to the meetings now. But uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know you had a hectic few months, um, but hopefully when you're on the road, if you're ever in New York, let me know. And hopefully otherwise we bump into each other at some point over the next year or so. Well, I hope so. I'd love to serve on your board again. That was a great, uh, great experience. You've got a great team there, great people that uh, uh, do a great job. You've done a great job with this program. Um, I think again, you know, the the probably the most overused word that we have in our in well, I think probably in the world, not just our industry, um, but you can't help but use it as pivot, right? I was like, how did you pivot during during COVID? You know, what was the pivot? Which, by the way, just as an aside, I, I told you I'm an athlete, but I but I, I grew up playing basketball and I've always been terrible. I, just terrible. And, you know, I, I think back about how long it took me to learn how to pivot without, you know, getting called for walking in the basketball court. I, that's why I kind of cringe every time somebody says, well, I'm going to pivot. Like, Did you know how long it took me to pivot? I, it was the worst thing for me to learn. Like, I'm going to use a point another word. In any case, you guys have done a great job with the, the pivoting. Uh, you know, I think personalizing also the, the industry. 
you know, through interviews like this, through, you know, just getting to know folks, because that's what this business is all about when it's said and done or, or the people and the relationships. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I wish you guys the best and, and just ask you to continue to plug along. And uh, it's great to, to, again, see what you've done with, with this program and, and others that you guys are doing. And, you know, we're all, we're all in essence in the same business of, of helping each other become more successful and, and to uh, get the, uh, the best uh, life and lifestyle we can as we move forward. So thank you, Daniel. Really been a pleasure. Well, again, thank you so much. And uh, I'm uh, hopefully, again, in a few months, I'll be able to shake your hand and uh, we could share some kind of drink in the future. Amen. <laughs> All right, Scott, have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll touch base with you pretty soon. Sounds good, buddy. Take All care. Right, take care. Ba -ba -da -ba -da -ba -da.